Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original language as a guide. Today we are in Numbers chapter 27, reading from the New King James Version Bible. And I do pray Yahweh always gives us discernment and wisdom and understanding into his word. Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Yosef, and they, these were the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders in all the congregation, by the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against Yahweh, in the company with Korah, but he died in his own sin, and he had no sons. I think it's interesting here they pointed out that he wasn't in the company of Korah, which in their mind would have justified almost, it seems, them him not having a male heir. But he said, look, he just died, you know, as one of these men die in the wilderness who were in that first generation. Okay, so let's keep reading. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses brought their case before Yahweh. And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers, and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. So here's a, a case of women getting to own the land. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. If he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the relative closest to him in his family, and he shall possess it. And it shall be to the children of Israel a statute of judgment, just as Yahweh commanded Moses. So forever this man's name would be perpetuated by his family keeping that portion of land. Verse 12. Now Yahweh said to Moses, Go up into this Mount Abarim, and see the land which I have given to the children of Israel. And when you have seen it, you shall be gathered to your people, as Aaron your brother was gathered. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed when they talk about dying in Hebrew, and I'm sure I've pointed this out before in the podcast, that we are gathered to our people. And in Hebrew, there's a common saying among the Hebrew, uh, amongst the Hebrew people that um, you either go to Abraham's bosom, or you don't. <laughs> and Abraham's bosom is the place where Yahweh's children through Abraham would be gathered and comforted, so to speak. And I just think it's a beautiful picture because in that we know that no one has seen the face of the Father. That's Yeshua's words. So when people die, they don't automatically go to heaven. We know there's a resurrection at which time people will be judged. And there's a resting place because we see in the New Testament the story of the rich man and the beggar. And whereas the beg man was at Abraham's bosom, thus that connection here, and the rich man was suffering in intolerable heat and wanting to go warn his family and was not allowed to do so because he was told they have Moses and the prophets. I love that verse. But... um. Anyway, I just want to point out here, when people die, you don't just automatically go to heaven. And there are verses coming up, I'm sorry, but then when animals die, they don't go to heaven either. There's 
they are done. But um, it's I, there's verses I can't remember. Oh, yeah, in the Proverbs and stuff. But anyway, my point is I just love here how the picture of death is a lot different than what they painted like in traditional American verbiage. So just here's just a little verse to reference when people ask what happens when we die. So he was going to be gathered to his people. Verse 14, for in the wilderness of Zin, during the strife of the congregation, you rebelled against my command to hallow me at the waters before their eyes. These are the waters of Meribah at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. And if you all remember, that's when Moses hit the rock because of his anger at the people rather than just spoke to it. Verse 15, then Moses spoke to Yahweh saying, let Yahweh, the Elohim of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of Yahweh may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. And Yahweh said to Moses, Take Yehoshua, Joshua, the son of Nun with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Do you know the Spirit was there? Even here, again we see it. And I know there have been so many misconceptions taught in the Christian faith, the modern Babylonian tradition church. But even right here, again, I know I've pointed it out before, the Spirit was in him. And so when the Ruach HaKodesh came to renew the covenant with us, that was the new work, to put that law in our hearts and minds. But the Spirit of Yahweh has always been there. Yahweh is Spirit. The word Spirit in Hebrew is Ruach. It means wind, R-U-A-C-H, transliterated. So just remember that. Even here, Joshua, Yehoshua had the Spirit. The Spirit, the the Spirit. You get that? There's one Spirit of Yahweh that's the righteous one. Set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. Now it says here to inaugurate him, but technically it just means to lay your hand on him. And let me read it in the Hebrew really quick here. I looked at the other verse. I forgot to look at this verse. But um, yeah, and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. Give him charge. Yeah, so it's basically to give him charge. The word there is Sava'ah, um, kind of like Sava'ot. If you think about the armies, and so basically he is to command or to have charge over like an army, the armies of Israel. So that's what that word, it isn't really the word inaugurate, but that's, it's to give him charge in their sight. And you shall give some of your authority to him that all the congregation of Israel may be obedient. He shall stand before Eliezer the priest who shall inquire before Yahweh for him by the judgment of the Urim. At his word they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in, he and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. So Moshe did as Yahweh commanded him. He took Yehoshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands on him and gave him charge. Not in, But it says inaugurated, but it gave him charge, just as Yahweh commanded by the hand of Moses. Now, notice they confer power by the laying on of hands. People are healed by the laying on of hands. People receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. There's a conference that happens with the laying on of hands. And that's why we are warned in the New Testament, the renewed covenant, to be careful and not be hasty to lay hands on anyone. Because some people are not pure. Some people are not ready. They have to come to that place of humbling or whatever it is that Yahweh has to work in their heart. They're not ready, but be careful, it says. And I know for myself, I just want to share a little story. Of course, zone out if you don't want to listen. But in 2004, uh, actually 2003, Yahweh sent us to Florida. And he told us we were going to bridge the gap 
speak against the Nicolaitan systems and try to bring his people out of those systems and just have them become one body in Israel. And as many of you know, the two-house movement was centered most strongly in the Floridian area at that time. There were a number of congregations focused there. There was one in Oklahoma, Yavo, um, Monte Judah. But they were all building their own kingdoms. And that's what Yahweh said. He said, these are anointed people of mine, but they continue to make these named groups and cause division. You have Eddie Chumney, you have Bacha Wooten, you have uh, Monte Judah, some of the most anointed people of all. But they were starting to go the wrong way. Not in some of their understanding. Some of it was very anointed and some of it is very anointed, I mean. But they were, um, and one of them was struck with breast cancer. And Yahweh literally spoke in my ear because he had given me dreams already. She's feeding my people wrong. She's teaching them religion again. And I don't mean that lighthearted. I just mean it's, there he was speaking um, to me. But anyway, we went to Florida and he told me we would be there one year and four months. And we were. And he had us go to one fellowship one week. And it was... (laughs) <laughs> not comfortable being there. Let me just say that. They were yelling the sacred names of God over music. Nobody there had... You, you could feel this deadness there. And I don't need weird charismatic things. I don't mean like that. But you could just feel that there was a religiosity spirit there so strong and the arrogance was so strong that they, they couldn't let the spirit... They were not letting the spirit move. Well, we were sharing with them. Um, of course, we were, we were sent there, and we, you know, we had to kind of protect ourselves. And but God, Yahweh guards us. You know, Elijah was protected when he was sent to these people. The prophets were protected from those false spirits. So we sat there through the fellowship. Very kind, you know, we were very kind to the people. And then they called up the children, and Yahweh was standing right beside me. And I heard his voice. I heard Yeshua say, "Do not let them lay hands on your son." And so it was very awkward because everybody was standing. We had been doing something, praying or worshiping. And they called my son forth. They called every child. And then they noticed my son didn't go because I put my hand on him. And I said, no, sweetie, Yahweh said no. (laughs) And then they called me out in front of everybody and said, hey, um, let him come up. I said, oh, no, that's okay. Thank you. I was trying to be very polite (laughs) because I knew Yahweh had said no. I heard him as loud as I've heard him ever speak. Well, they kept calling, (laughs) and they said, it's just a blessing. But I knew right then, Yahweh said, you can't let him lay hands upon your son. It's the wrong spirit. Now, mind you, this is a Torah-observant group trying to obey Yahweh. So it's not that it was all wrong, okay? I'm not saying they were all wrong. But there was enough of a bad spirit there, enough of a wrong spirit, that it couldn't be put upon my son. And they had such of a Nicolaitan spirit. They loved raising that pastor. Everybody was worshiping that, oh, rabbi this, rabbi this. Everybody was worshiping the rabbi. And um, so it became very awkward because this went on for a long time. And they kept, like literally in front of everybody, they didn't... (laughs) He wanted to have that authority over my son. and He didn't like that I refused because I was listening to Yahweh. He did not like that I went against him. And I said, I'm sorry, but I can't. Yahweh has said no. And it insulted him so greatly. And they were so upset at us. But I knew it was to protect my son. And, and I'm going to share one other story. I'm going to share one other story where Yahweh would not let someone lay hands on us. We were attending a fellowship here when we first came to Torah. And 
we were very, you know, we were so babies, but we were just in the word. And Yahweh told me to stay in the word, stay in the word, not religion, stay in the word. And so we were seeing things. And we would go to this fellowship, this congregation and share with them and say, okay, so why aren't you doing this? (laughs) You know, you say you obey Torah, but you aren't really obeying Torah. You're eating out on Sabbath, you're spending your money, you're, you're eating the fat, blah, 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 all these things. And they would comply and say, you're right, we need, we've become lukewarm, we need to become zealous. Well, all of a sudden, one week, we were going to fellowship in Yahweh, and, and you could see a perverse spirit starting to mingle amongst them. Let me back up. They were allowing in this lady that was living with a man out of wedlock, the sixth supposed husband, but she wasn't married, and she wasn't free to remarry. She had had a number of men she had divorced, and they were calling her a prophet. And her prophecies had that, you know, where Satan laces the lies with a little bit of truth. But it was like you could just feel this weird, sick spirit with it. And um, they were really letting her lay hands on everybody and prophesy and all these things. And it was becoming really odd. And um, we, Yahweh had just told us we were supposed to go to Florida. (laughs) And my husband had a dream that night that we knew we were supposed to go to Florida. He had a dream that night that this woman was going to come to us with long, dark hair that at first was going to look like Yeshua telling us to go a different way. But then when the this mask fell off, it was Satan <laughs> trying to get us to go the wrong way. And sure enough, that next night, because he woke up in the morning, told me the dream, that night, this woman, who was this supposed prophet <laughs> at um, this fellowship we were attending, came to our house, literally that night, as a sunset, and told us we were not to go to Florida, that that was Satan deceiving us. But in the dream we had had, we had already been told that the false person was coming, going to look like Yeshua. Well, and I already knew she wasn't hearing from Yahweh because she was living with this man and in sexual morality and doing a whole bunch of weird things like that were so unbiblical. <laughs> like it's not even like a little bit of discernment could have gone a long way with those people. It's not being judgmental. It's saying we need to call right, right, and wrong, wrong. Um, anyway, so then <laughs> they all heard, she had told these people, it seems like, that we weren't supposed to go, but Yahweh had already told us through our dreams and through somebody else that we were to go to Florida. And we literally, both of us, my husband and I, knew from the Holy Spirit before we spoke to each other, and we both told each other what Yahweh told us. So there was that huge confirmation, plus another par- person confirmed it. Anyway, so we go to the fellowship that coming Sabbath, and yes, it was a named fellowship, and we could see this was wrong. But we were, I know Yahweh had us there to also be spurring them on to get zealous for him. So it was, you know, we didn't know any better. I mean, literally, we're months into Torah, and we're reading scriptures, and what they're doing isn't making sense, but. We just didn't know any better at the time, but thank Yahweh, he woke us up. Anyway, so we walk into fellowship that Sabbath, and that morning, as we were driving to fellowship, Yahweh said, do not let them lay hands on you. (laughs) And I was like, okay, (laughs) okay. And I told my husband, and he said he felt something weird too. So anyway, we get there, and they were trying to get us to be rabbis, pastors, I don't know what you call it, leaders in their group, their named organization. Now, this is not just the body Messiah setting up elders. This is them in their named organization. 
and they saw, they said, we see the anointing on you and the calling on you. We, we want to lay hands on you and anoint you. And would you take over this ministry in Billings? And we had to say, of course, no, no, that's not what we're supposed to do. First of all, we'll never build a group. We'll never build a named group. We will only build the kingdom of God and never stand in his way. There's to be no division. If I'm wrong, please come help me as a brother or sister. Um, if you're wrong, let's just help each other, right? Let's not build our own kingdom so that we become anything. And that insulted them, of course, and they were shocked. I could see the look in his face because then they wanted to pray for us and lay hands on us. And I said, I'm sorry, we can't do that. <laughs> so my point is, I guess I want to show you that when you know Yahweh is telling you not to lay hands on someone or not to let somebody lay hands on you, please listen and obey. Because you know what? I, that day, was ridiculed and made to feel bad both times. But guess what? And yes, it insulted the people, but I would rather insult people than, than disobey my God. And once their eyes are opened, they will understand what Yahweh was showing me and my husband. But I guess my point is just to encourage you and just to show you about this laying on of hands. Be careful upon whom you lay your hands and be careful upon whom you let lay hands on you because there are lots of spirits out there. And even when they're in the body of Messiah, they can be doing things in the wrong spirit. And Yahweh doesn't want that conferred upon you. Make sure it's only the humility and righteousness of his Torah and his truth and his spirit from his son. Okay, <laughs> that was a long story. But I know for me personally, those types of stories help me to walk out my faith when I see other people in their faith and when I hear what Yahweh showed them and spoke to them because it helps my conviction and strengthens me when I have had similar situations. So that's why I share. Love you all. Have a super blessed day.